0: Hallelujah Wonderful. Well, the Lord's given me a message this morning on watching and praying And uh, so I, I need you to work with me Okay, one place in the gospel it says and Jesus opened his eyes looked up to the father and prayed He was praying with his eyes open So I'm gonna pray I'm gonna ask you to pray with me for the message this morning, but I want you to keep your eyes open We're going to watch and pray this morning. Can we do that? Father, we look to you today. We know you're faithful. We know you're gracious. And Lord, we bring every need that is in our lives and the lives of those that we love. We bring it to your throne of grace and ask you, Lord, to grace every need with an answer. Touch every life, Lord, with your power and your grace. Lord, we ask the Holy Spirit to come and teach us today. From your word and reveal yourself to us for your name's sake and for your glory in Jesus name amen Amen. man did you know you could pray with your eyes open now we do (laughs) pastor John just mentioned something very important he says you need to keep your eyes open when you're praying on the freeway anyway very powerful truth there The Lord is leading us this month in this time of prayer to focus on prayer. And uh, prayer is vital, or Christian prayer is like breathing. If you don't pray, you start to die. Prayer is essential part of our Christian life. And um, prayer is obtaining God's grace, it's obtaining His provision. Amen. His direction and also even his empowerment for us, whether it's needed now or it's going to be needed later. Okay. Uh, Today's prayer will birth something in your tomorrow or the day after. A prayer in the morning will bring light to your day and even bring light to your night because prayer is that powerful, but it, Prayer has to go before us. Nothing happens On earth that does not first happen in heaven I want to emphasize today that prayer is active It's not passive I know there's been times in my life that when I prayed it was I was dumping my burden on the Lord here You got it now. I don't have to worry about it Uh, Kind of thing just you know I gave it to you, God. Now it's your problem. Um, But uh, not that we can't do that. He says, cast all your burdens on the Lord. But on the other hand, we have to be ready to receive a grace. Sometimes that grace will help somebody else carry our burden. Sometimes that grace will help us carry another person's burden. Grace works in many ways. But prayer is a two-way communication. us actively speaking to God. Actively. Jesus said avoid vain repetition. I mean some people can pray with their minds shut down. But the Lord says don't use vain repetitions. This is what the heathens do. And they think that God will hear them for their much speaking but one sincere prayer from a sincere believing person will bring forth an answer from god amen but but the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much and and i i believe the lord wants us to be fervent prayers not those who just pray passively but pray fervently Amen with our whole heart and and our mind and our will engaged in what we are praying Amen Because prayer is more than just receiving something from God Prayer is an interaction with God Prayer is like Jacob's ladder you climb up You take up the prayer you climb down you bring down an answer It's interactive Amen. Jesus said to Nathanael, you think that's something that I knew who you were standing over there under the tree? You will see the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And so you see, one of the things that the disciples were able to do is see the Lord reaching up to heaven and see heaven reaching down to him, bringing miraculous things that happen and are recorded in the New Testament Gospels. Amen. But prayer is an interaction between heaven and earth. And it not only involves the will of God, it involves the will of man. Isaiah prayed and said, Lord, here am I, send me. So he submitted to the Lord, being willing to be an answer when the Lord says, who shall I send and who will go for me? Isaiah was willing to. Submit to the will of God Jesus prayed in the garden Nevertheless not my will But thine be done It's a laying down of our will So God's will can be done in the earth Amen Jesus taught us to pray Let your will be done on earth As it is in heaven Because when that happens God's kingdom comes but there is an interaction (laughs) just think of that ladder the prayers go up and the answers come down but sometimes those answers come through us one night I got a call about midnight from a widow woman in our church and she had no money and had no place to live and she was desperate and she told me she had two children young children Almost teenagers and she says I'm going to get a tent We're going to go up camping, camp in the mountains because I can't afford any house here So I, I told her I said don't give up. The Lord's got an answer. I had no idea what how or anything I just said the Lord's got an answer for you And then I got down on the carpet put my face and my nose in the carpet and started to pray And I hadn't prayed but a few moments and the Lord spoke a scripture I think it was Luke eighteen three to me and says verily verily I will th- I will vindicate the widow right speedily and I knew I went to bed that night knowing God had an answer now I went over to her house in the morning and on the way the Lord says you're not to help her find a place to rent you're to help her to find a place to buy okay all right you got something in mind I didn't know about fine so anyway we we needed to put down some earnest money and the only money I had was, they needed three or $400, and the only money was what Judy and I had laid aside for our quarterly taxes. So anyway, that first little earnest money thing was, was on me, on us. We had to come up with it. I don't know how we paid our taxes, Judy, I forgot. Anyway, but we didn't get arrested, and it was all taken care of. But... The thing is is it it required something of us now then we needed a a down payment And we didn't have enough money for the down payment, but we prayed about it And the Lord sent a man with three thousand dollars and said this is to help people in the church And I was able to help that woman put down the down payment and we ended up buying her a house For less than she was renting her former house So and then she didn't have to worry about landlords anymore But when I prayed that prayer, I didn't know what it would require of me But there's an interaction between us and God in prayer God doing for us what we cannot do and Us doing for him what he will for us to do and so there's there's that part and and uh, You know when you come to the end of the prayer, what do you say? Amen Now, amen is not a Greek word or Latin word for the end. (laughs) Nor is it, you know, like goodbye. Like you do on the phone, goodbye. No, it's not. It is a so be it or let it be done. So prayer begins with God, your will. It ends with let it be done. And let it be done in me. Let it be done in thee. Let it be done in us. But amen is us agreeing with God so God's will can be done in the earth. But my point this morning is that prayer is to be an interaction between God's people and their God. Amen. We cannot do anything without him. Without God, we can do nothing. That's what the Apostle Paul said. But he went on to say later, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the thing is, is yes, you see, prayer is sometimes the power of God coming upon us, so then through what he does in us, amen, the answer comes, amen, and that's not works and it's not us taking God's place. It's God, us working with God, God working with us. And we can go into those situations knowing that God will be there to carry us through. But we also need to go into that knowing that we've been enabled to obey the Lord in any way we need to for his will to be done. But prayer is interactive. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watching is active. That's why I say eyes open. Okay my favorite story about watching and praying involves a man named dick mills who was a prophet to the body of christ many of you got a word from the lord with dick mills usually with about a string of about four or five scriptures to go with it to confirm it i have one in my desk it's been there 20 years every once in a while i look at it i read through it it's still alive but uh, he was going through reno nevada and just as he was pulling in town the lord told him to watch and pray So he went on high alert, and he starts praying away, and then he decides, I need to get a cup of coffee before I drive another four hours home. So he stopped to get a cup of coffee, and he was sitting there in the restaurant booth praying, and the waitress came, and I don't know whether she spilled the cup of coffee in his lap or dropped the pitcher of coffee in his lap, but anyway, it didn't end well. And the coffee went all over him, and he had to spend some time cleaning himself up, and Kind of scalded him and he was in a little bit of pain and he gets in the car and says lord what's going on? You told me to watch and pray. I was praying But then the lord spoke you're not watching (laughs) You see there's an active part to this of us anticipating That when we pray god is about to do something and our eyes should be open to see what it is that God is going to do and also our eyes to be open to see if there's something he wants us to do amen to be a part of what he's doing does that make sense to you can does that ring with you this morning so this watching and praying is very important it is interactive but it involves action it involves the will and that's what I'm calling out this morning is the will. You know, some Christians just figure God's going to take care of everything. Well, he can, but he doesn't want to. He wants us to be workers together with him. Amen. And so I'm just dare you to think this morning you might be the answer to somebody else's prayer. But Sometimes Christians get in trouble because they're Passive. I knew of one minister who he and his wife were living by faith. They'd run out of money and they didn't have any groceries. They got the kids, went in the bedroom, and got down on the knees around the bed and were praying that the Lord would take care of them. And uh, the doorbell rang and they just kept praying. Finally, one of the kids went over to the curtain, opened it up, and there was a woman headed back to her car with a couple sacks of groceries. Well, the kid went out and stopped her. Because he realized she's God's answer (laughs) But you see that minister was so involved praying he wasn't watching Because the answer was there on his doorstep And so the thing is 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 God's called us to watch and pray and Jesus gives this commandment several times in the Gospels But in two different settings The first setting in which the Lord gives this is found in Luke 21 verses 34 through 36 Where the Lord says this he's speaking about his second coming And he says but take heed to yourselves Lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing Drunkenness and cares of this life and that day come upon you unexpectedly For it will come as a snare on all of those who dwell on the face of the whole earth Watch therefore and pray Always That you may be counted worthy to escape all those things which will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So you see the Lord saying in the last days, watch and pray. Don't get so caught up with the world and the things of the world that you are not actively engaged in prayer Seeking the face of God because if we don't watch and pray if we get caught up in the things of the world and the ways of men Then we are going to be caught off guard and we're not going to be ready when Jesus comes again so in that context Jesus says watch and pray it's interesting because he uses an interesting word. I don't know if I can pull this off exactly, but um, the word that he uses there is agrumnete or something like that in Greek. Okay, and it begins with an a, and that's a negative particle, like we would say un or ab abnormal, atypical. In other words, it's the negative. And so he says, this is ah, hypnos, kind of is what he's saying. And that word hypnos is the word we get hypnotized from. So the Lord is saying, watch, don't get hypnotized by this world. Stay alert, stay alive, stay looking and watching, engaged with what God is doing and he's about to do in the earth. Don't get hypnotized. The other context in which Jesus uses this command to watch and pray is when he's praying in the garden and he's asked the disciples to pray with him. And he goes and he prays for an hour. He comes back. He finds them asleep. He said, watch and pray. He goes and prays some more. He comes back and finds them asleep. And finally, the third time he says, could you not watch with me for one hour? Jesus knew what was about to happen next. He knew he would be killed. He knew he would be delivered over to the authorities to be crucified. He knew what was he faced, but he knew what the disciples faced. They would see their master crucified. There would be three days they would be alone while his body was in the grave. And they would be alone and they would be afraid and then fearing of their own lives until he rose from the grave. And in this time, Jesus says, watch and pray that you enter not into testing. In other words, this is not going to be easy to go through. And if you don't watch and if you don't pray, you're not going to have what you need to go through it. If you ask the apostle Peter to preach this message this morning, he said three times I blew it. I didn't have what it took to stand for the Lord when he was standing for me. I didn't watch and I didn't pray and I couldn't keep the watch with him even for one hour So I believe this is imperative to us this morning that we understand How important it is for us to be watching To be on the wall watching and not just watching for ourselves But watching for our families for our loved ones for our neighbors for our communities Amen, it's a time for the people of God to learn to pray with their eyes open, to learn to walk out of the prayer closet looking for what God is about to do so that they can participate with God in what he is doing. Watch, be alert, observe the times, observe the events. Be ready to act upon any signal or indication of what the Lord is about to do. Be equipped Have your tools, be packed, have your clothes, be ready to act upon what God is doing. Take the responsibility for the watch that has been assigned to us. Do you understand that the Lord picked all of us for this watch? For such a time as this. A very important time. What I believe may be the last hours of human history before Jesus comes again. And this is the watch to which the Lord has called you and me to watch. To watch and to pray. This is more about than about having enough money to pay for the gasoline in the car or the bills for the house or the groceries for the family. This is more than about having rent or mortgage money. This is about being the people of God in the last hour. Amen. God will take care of us, but he's called us. The reason he takes care of us is so that we will take care of others. The Lord has so loved you, you ought to also love one another. That love, that grace that God has shown us, we need to have towards others. At this time, we as a church are actively engaged in praying for revival for the church and the churches of America, for spiritual awakening and repentance in our nation, for a return of the prodigal children of God to return to the Father's house, as Pastor Carolyn preached so wonderfully last week. But also we're praying for souls to be converted notice i used the word conversion we're not believing that people will accept christ we believing people will repent their hearts will be changed they will be transformed and they will become not just new creatures are not new believers but new creation in christ jesus Amen, that's what we're believing for. That's what we're praying for. And as we pray for these things We have to understand God's about to do them. Are we ready? Are we ready you see this is not my first rodeo I pastored a church in, in Utah a number of years ago Almost 50 years ago that we went there Judy and I to pastor And for two years, we had a group meet in our home every Saturday evening to pray for revival. There was between 10, 15, 20 people came every week to pray that God would send revival to our church. You know what amazed me is the people who prayed the hardest and most fervently ran out the door when Jesus showed up. When the Holy Spirit began to move, they were out of there. They didn't like the way God did it, and they didn't like the way the people that God used to do it. You see, they had prayed, but they were not ready. They weren't watching to see what God was doing, and they missed a time when God visited our city. For three and a half years, we experienced the continual presence of the Lord. Everywhere we went, God was moving. There were miracles happening every day of the week. People were coming to Christ in ways they had never come before. Amen. Because we were were in revival. But there were some of these who said they wanted revival, who when it came, didn't see it. They missed their visitation they missed that time. They weren't in the season with the Lord It's so important to be in God's season. That's I'm preaching prophetically to you this morning time church to wake up and stay awake To watch and not close our eyes to not be indifferent to what's going on around us to live every day with the expectation of what God is going to do this day Amen. Amen, and then when God does it to be full-hearted and supporting everything that God does and to move with him as God moves Hallelujah Turn with me to book of Habakkuk this morning it May take you a bit to find it Take me a bit to find it. It's in the middle of the minor prophets In my Bible it's on page 12 1267 Okay Don't know where it is in your Bible Here's another context in which the Lord spoke to a prophet In Habakkuk 1 5 he said this look among the nations and watch Look among the nations and watch be utterly astounded for I will work a work in your days, which you would not believe, though it were told to you. Wow. Wow. You see, Habakkuk, he prayed interesting prayers. He didn't say, oh, Heavenly Father, how sweet and wonderful you are, and, you know, I just trust you so very, very much, and You know, I'm just asking you to do something in my life. No, he didn't. He prayed upset. Lord, why is my nation in so much sin and you're doing nothing about it? Why are the laws of God broken and there are no consequences? And then God said, I will send the Chaldeans to punish your nation." Then Habakkuk had another problem. How come you're sending a people more wicked than us to punish us for being wicked? You get results when you pray that way. By the way, you aren't going to hurt God's feelings. He's not... He's not that sensitive emotionally. He's very sensitive spiritually. But he will respond. But he responds when people pray sincerely out of the depths of their heart and not like a bunch of whatever you call it. You know, multiple meal prayers. But anyway, he got that's how he prayed. I've had a few experiences like that. One day I got in my old 1990 LeSabre. It was used car, used by somebody else, used by somebody else, and then finally being used by me. And it was a good, had a great engine, ran well, but the interior was totally dilapidated. Every time I got in the car and closed the door, I had to put the armrest back where it was supposed to go. Gets a little annoying every time you get in the car to have to put the armrest back again. And one morning I was going to a prayer meeting down at Calvary Temple next to the freeway. Oh man, I was upset. I'm sitting there at the stop sign and I said, Lord, I want a new car. I'm sick of this one. Well, I got down there by Northgate and it was raining and the sun was shining. You know how it is sometimes in Seattle. And I couldn't see very well. There was a big glare coming up off the freeway and the sun was shining brightly in my eyes and this uh, SUV in front of me decided to stop real quickly and I didn't stop quite as quick. Anyway, I ran my car right up under the back end of that SUV. Didn't do him any damage, but pretty much ruined my car. (laughs) And so I'm looking at this car going, I guess I'm getting a new car. (laughs) Anyway, it turned out very well because the insurance company gave me eight hundred dollars. I said, "You want the car?" They said, "No, you can have it." So anyway, I drove it to the junkyard very carefully, and they gave me another seven or eight hundred dollars. so then I had twice as much money to go buy another car. I bought myself a Chrysler Fifth Avenue. It wasn 't brand new, but I'd always wanted those wanted one of those, and I got it but um, so I you know but you know, just sometimes we're afraid to say what's in our heart. We're afraid to really put any pressure on God. But, you know, God's not afraid of our pressure. I think he loves it when we put some pressure. The, the kingdom was taken by violence, and violence take it, the violent take it by force. I think there's a place for some violent prayers. And Habakkuk was praying some pretty violent prayers here. And um, so anyway, I want to read to you from the second chapter where after the Lord speaks to Habakkuk, this is what he says, I will stand my watch. I will stand my watch. If you haven't underlined that in your Bible, do so. I will stand my watch. Now I want you to say for yourself, I will stand my watch. And set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. If I ain't got it right, he's going to set me straight. Isn't that wonderful? Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is for yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. I know, I could just feel how many people hate that word, wait. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Now, that's very wonderful, amazing scripture there. But here's how Habakkuk was to watch concerning the promise of God. First of all, he knew that each promise of God would be fulfilled in its right time. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. There is an appointed time where God answers the prayer. It is our responsibility to watch and pray until... The alarm goes off and we hit that <clears throat> being it's time. OK, so if you've been praying about something and you it doesn't seem to be changing to you, just keep praying because that promise of God to you is going to be fulfilled in its appointed time. The other thing Habakkuk knew as he watched was that every promise would be true because he said at the end it will speak And it will not lie The other thing That Habakkuk knew from the Lord Was that our waiting and watching Is profitable It will be repaid Though it tarry Wait for it And the other thing he knew Was that the promise of God Would be punctual As to its timing And purpose It will surely come, it will not tarry. When God shows up, he is not late. Spurgeon said this about this. He said, the word of the Lord is true in its timing as it is in its thing. God's timing is as true as God's promise. And so there's a good reason to keep watching you know, there are different kinds of trees. The almond tree buds first thing in the spring. It's the first tree to wake up after winter. And it buds and blossoms before any of the other trees even know it's time. But the mulberry tree, the mulberry tree, waits until it's really warm and wonderful. Probably early in the summer before the mulberry tree puts on its leaves. Okay, so some promises are almonds and some are mulberries. So just know, not all promises move in the same way. Now Habakkuk was willing to watch, he was determined. I will stand and I'll set my watch. I'll stand and I'll set my watch. I'm going to watch this thing come to pass. Hallelujah. But he would write it down also. Write the vision. Write the vision. Pastor Carolyn shared last week about her prayer journal. I really believe... And I say this to you as a man who's 72 he will turn 73 in August I wish I had written more things down When God speaks to you Write it down When you pray Write it down When he answers Write it down Write it down don't only just write it down, but declare it. Do what Segei did this morning and declared it. Declare it. This is what God has done for me. My brother is being healed of COVID. He's off the ventilator and he's going to be okay. Hallelujah. 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 But to get up and to say and declare what God has said to you. Declare it plainly. This is what I keep working on. I'm impressed with George Otis. Now, he doesn't just prepare a sermon. He gives birth to one. I mean, he groans and moans and goes into deep labor until, I mean, sometimes he's finishing his sermon 30 minutes after the service has started because he's, but he's, When he gets up, he has every word as clear and precise as it can possibly be so that the people who read it can run with it. So the thing is, is God's calling us as watchmen, but also as spokesmen, learning how to speak in such a way that when we speak, it will be done because the people can understand it it's written plainly so they will run with the word of god amen can we receive that this morning as from the lord and follow habakkuk's uh example but above all habakkuk said the just shall live by faith the just shall live by faith that's right there in the middle of those five verses first five verses in in Habakkuk chapter two, the just shall live by faith. And Hebrews tells us faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So in closing this morning, turn with me real quick to first Kings. First Kings, the eighteenth chapter. I want to show you something about watching. I I I think sometimes we just don't get it quite right Okay My father taught us to be responsible as children. He said if you open it close it If you turn it on turn it off if you get it out put it up Etc. 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 Okay. Now, what did elijah do? Elijah turned off the rain Elijah prayed and turned off the rain and for three and a half years it did not rain upon the earth Three and a half years now those of us in Seattle cannot even comprehend this <laughs> But for three and a half years it did not rain upon the earth But in the first part of 1 Kings the first chapter it says it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Now, this is interesting, isn't it? Because he prayed that it wouldn't rain. Now, three years later, God's saying, Go present yourself to Ahab. Now, I can tell you something. Uh, Elijah did not want to see Ahab. And Ahab did not want to see Elijah. <laughs> Why are you wanting me to talk to him? Every time he says anything, it's bad. He never prophesies anything good towards me. I don't like him. And if Ahab didn't kill him, he would have at least prayed that his wife would. You know, but so this, this is interesting. But, but before the second prayer to turn the water on, he had to go present himself to Elijah. I mean, to Ahab. Elijah had to go to present himself to, to Ahab, the king. That's interesting to me. Then, if you look at 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46, interesting series of things take place. The, the, the main thing that takes place here in Isaiah, or 1 Kings 18, is that this is where there's the test on Mount Carmel. And the prophets of Baal dance and sing and shout and holler all day long to try to get fire to come from heaven to burn up their offering, and nothing happens. And their offering, by the way, was bone dry. But then Elijah puts his offering on the altar, rebuilds it, makes it after they knocked it down and around. And anyway, rebuilds an altar to the Lord. And then he puts his offering up there. Then he asks the servants to bring water and pour them on the altar. You remember? And he said, come do it again. He wanted that thing soaking wet. And then he just looked up and he said, send down fire from heaven. Fire came down, consumed the offering, consumed the wood, consumed the water, consumed everything. Because fire fell from heaven. And then Elijah was able to turn to the people of Israel and says, if Baal is God, worship him. If God is God, worship him. And then he had the 400 prophets of Baal killed. Then, then it says, then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink. For there is the sound of an abundance of rain. It hasn't rained three and a half years. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. When he bowed down on the ground, he put his face between his knees. Now, folks, are you paying attention? This is hard for me to do. He bowed down, and he put his face between his knees. I can't even do that. just to give you an idea. And he said to his servants, servant, go up. Now look toward the sea. And he went up and he looked. And the servant came back and said, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass on the seventh time. He said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. And Elijah says to the servant, go and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. (laughs) And it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. He girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab. To the entrance of Jezreel. Hallelujah. They both had to get out of the rain. Amen. Ahab had a chariot, Elijah had the hand of the Lord. Whew. I'd rather have the hand of the Lord than the fanciest chariot that anybody can make, or the biggest, fanciest horse they got. Amen. But it shows us something about this watchman, and that is that he finished what he started. He not only turned off the rain, he turned it back on again. Hallelujah. It's a good thing he did. There'd be nothing left of Israel today. Now, This message I'm giving you today is to give us insight in how to watch and pray. And I'm speaking prophetically to you watch and pray thus saith the lord watch and pray if we don't watch we'll not be ready for what god's about to do we'll not be prepared for what is about to happen on the earth it's not a time for us to dwell carelessly it's a time not a time for us to pray wishfully How many of you have ever done that? Oh, Lord, I just wish you would do. Yeah, I have. I did it. It's a time to pray fervently, to watch earnestly, to be ready, to act in agreement with God and what he's about to do. This morning, I'm saying to you, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. It's about to rain in the earth It's about to come down in the bucketfuls and when it comes down in the bucketfuls We need to know and be ready We need to know and be ready So I'm asking all of you to pray faithfully diligently fervently pray Diligently pray fervently. I'm asking all of you to watch with anticipation, with an expectation. Watch to see what God is about to do in the earth. I have lived my whole life to see what I'm about to see. I believe. We hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Lord, we look to you. We look to you. Our eyes are on you, O Lord. Our eyes are on you. And we ask this morning, Lord, that you would make our eyes clear to see what we need to see our ears open to hear what we need to hear to be ready Lord make our will ready Lord I pray that you would all all of us would have a willing spirit a willing spirit a willing spirit are you willing this morning are you willing this morning just say to the Lord I will bow bow your head you don't have to close your eyes you can if you want to but just tell the lord i will i'm ready i will amen hallelujah i want to speak for a moment to those who are watching today online you may be shut in and i know you're sick of it But instead of just being shut in to avoid getting or giving somebody the flu, I'm asking you to be shut in with the Lord. And take this time and use it wisely and use it carefully to watch and to pray. God's given us time. He's taking a lot of things out, young people. You're not going to school. Okay, your parents don't give you as much homework as your teachers. So you have more time to pray, to watch and pray. Get ready. God's got some wonderful things for you. Get ready. Amen. Get ready. Amen. Every one of you young people, I want to speak to you. You need to be ready. Because we could in a few months, each one of you have to lead eight or ten new Christians and teach them what God's taught you and lead them in the ways that he's led you. Amen. But now's the time to get ready. Not then. Now is the time to get ready, to make yourself ready before the Lord. Amen. So it's time to get ready. I want to speak. We have some people here who are new in the Lord or at least new to us. But I want to speak to you today because I know the devil and I know how he talks and I know what he says. He says, you're a newcomer. You'll never know what they know. You'll never have what they have. They've been around forever. They know everything. And you'll never have what they have. That's a lie. Because Jesus taught a parable to save that the guy who showed up at five in the evening and worked for one hour got the same wage as the people who had worked all day. So you're not too late. You're not too late. Amen. Every one of us here can be right on time with the Lord and have everything that we need in the Lord. Amen. That's our hope this morning.